Welcome to the next episode of the Osmond Broadcast. This is Ogre Barbarian, also known as Brett. With me today, as always, we have... Hey guys, this is Daniel, also known as DPO427 on Reddit. And unfortunately, Doom is unable to join us today. He uh, last second got hit with a stomach flu or something of that nature, so he is indisposed and we're going to trudge on without him. But thankfully, we have a special guest today. Hey guys, this is Renee, also known as Renee Sylvia 88 in the CC. And she is a CC moderator, is that correct? Yes, I am. Well, thank you for joining us today, and uh, let's go ahead and dive right into those characters, I guess. All right, so since Doom is currently unavailable uh, due to his stomach situation, uh, or at least we think it is, I'll be covering his sections, being the Here Comes a New Challenger and the Nip Tuck sections. Uh, but before that, just a reminder for you guys, we still are looking for you know more help on our Patreon to get us to that $30 goal to do the giveaway at the end of the month, the Osmond giveaway of uh, $10 uh, gift cards, either for iTunes or Google Play at the end of the month. So if you guys are interested in supporting the show, uh, you can be eligible for the giveaway at the end of the month uh, by becoming a patron of a dollar or more on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash the Osmond. So with that, let's dive right into Here Comes the New Challenger. So first off, um, I'm reading off uh, Doom's notes. So we're going to talk about Donna Troy. And Donna Troy, uh, he wrote that she has an interesting kit that looks very stun-based and she's tanky. Uh, she lacks some survival um, against other tanks, especially uh, Harley and Power Girl and so on. And apparently she can massively accelerate uh, other characters uh, like Huntress and Cyborg. Um, she's apparently an engine... Yeah, the world's greatest detective engine. So with a two-turn engine, apparently. Um, maybe Ogre can elaborate on that later. And then... Yeah, I can explain all that stuff. Cool. Apparently she's designed as a counter to Wonder Girl, but doesn't quite hit the mark, according to Doom. It's gonna, we're going to need more time for a lot more Gear 11 or Gear 10 uh, Donna Troys to get out there to see what the testing will be like with her. But apparently, all in all, uh, she's a strong character pick, and time will tell how effective she is in the long run, according to Doom. And uh, she has to be considered with a future buff-heavy, uh, as a future buff-heavy characters. Like, so it sort of opens up design space. Again, this is with the idea that we will find more answers to Wonder Girl, and she's not much of a problem uh, for the state of the meta. But uh, Ogre, I guess um, reading off Doom's notes, can you elaborate more on what you think Doom was trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so since we didn't cover the abilities, that's where part of that comes in. Donna Troy's second passive, Multiverse Presence, I believe it is. When you have the legendary upgrade for it, it gives a minus one cooldown. But the base ability itself is, I think, at max 100% chance if a character ends their turn with, I think, six or more buffs, she'll purge two buffs and give them 20% turn meter. So that's what he means by an engine. He takes characters like Huntress, like Cyborg, who give themselves buffs fairly regularly on their turn. When they end their turn, Donna Troy will take a couple of those buffs, give them some turn meter, and maybe give them some awareness as well. Cool. So that's a that's a pretty interesting engine. So that gives her sort of a combo aspect. Speaking of engine, I just had a couple motorcycles go by. That's why I went silent. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what that was. <laughs> I, I do this outside of my apartment complex, so. <laughs> All right. Well, Renee, what do you think of uh, Donna Troy so far? 
Um, I haven't really got a chance to play with her. Um, right now I have her at a level 48, uh, just one star legendary. Um, so I haven't really put her in with my team in order to, to play with her just yet. So Ogre, what's your thoughts on her so far? Well, back to what I was trying to finish up about the oh, yeah. discussion about because we didn't cover the world's greatest detective engine combo. Oh, right, right. Okay, so that engine combo that Doom kind of came up with, and I kind of helped him work on it a little bit. Basically, World's Greatest Detective has the minus one cooldown on his detective work anyway, uh, and he gives three buffs. Uh, once you can use one other character to like Cheetah or something to speed up the whole team, grant like three buffs to everybody, mm-hmm. which is not enough to trigger Wonder Girl right away. And then World's Greatest Detective will go. He'll use his detective work. At the end of his turn, she'll purge two buffs, give him an awareness, and reduce his cooldowns, which immediately lets the detective work be used again on World's Great Detective's turn. So what ends up happening is that World's Great Detective is just spamming his detective work constantly. Everybody constantly has buffs turning into turn meter and awareness. Oh, wow. That's what ends up happening. So, so nobody else has to use a buff move after that. So, so detective works on a two-turn cooldown or a one-turn cooldown? No, two-turn. It's a base two-turn cooldown, which reduces detective works. Legendary is reducing it by one, and then Donna's legendary is redu- or not legendary, reduces it by one as well. So it goes down to a zero-turn cooldown fairly quickly. So basically, you can spam big abilities that are on like two-turn cooldowns every turn. That's pretty insane, actually. <laughs> so. Yeah, it makes for some interesting stuff. And even if they have a long cooldown, like a four-turn, five-turn, six-turn cooldown, it doesn't matter because they'll come up real quick with this combination of giving a minus two cooldown every turn, plus the one that they took off for their turn. So, And the fact that they're all getting, yeah. awareness, they're all getting awareness from her legendary, then... On top of the up to 60% turn meter, 20% from Donna, and up to 40% from Batman. Jeez, that's actually really cool. So basically... Right? So so, she, so as we're saying that, like, well, as Doom was mentioning in his notes, that she may not be the best counter to Wonder Girl at the moment, but she does, in a way, she may actually affect the meta if more people catch on to the, her engine aspect, like her combo-y aspect. So... If you can, oh, absolutely. So if you can figure out ways to pair her with, uh, like, as you said, World Greatest Detective, and I'm thinking of Martian Manhunter 2 is another one that I was uh, looking at from uh, one of our alliance mates. Um, the fact that she starts off with um, with awareness at the beginning of battle on her third legendary, second legendary, I think it is. It's her taunt legendary, it's her two. She has a lot of ways to enable uh, some gimmicky, combo-y uh, team compositions. So... Although they may not be like meta sh- defining right off the bat, it could lead into something very hard to deal with. So if more people, can it could shift it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, that be- it won't necessarily break the meta. Yeah. Wide open the way that Wonder Girl did, but it will definitely shift it a little bit if people do start abusing this little combo. So. Yeah. I mean, that being said, Renee, I mean, what, do you, be- what do you think about uh, Donna Choi with the with respects to Wonder Girl? Uh, well, like you guys were saying, if you pair pair her with 
uh, world's greatest detective, I may have to start uh, leveling him up a little bit. Um, yeah, because right now I, I really don't have a problem with Wonder Girl. Um, that or I just don't go up against teams where I know she's going to whip my butt. <laughs> so um, I kind of just stay away from that in general. Um, but I, to be honest with you, I really don't see her beating my team all the time. So I, I, I don't know. I guess other people have problems with her because you know we see nerf wonder girl all over the place um but yeah like like you said like if you pair her Donna troy with um world's greatest detective and maybe finding another another guy in there to kind of you know take care of her then i don't see why it would be a problem in the future i'm sure you know the devs are going to come out with something to to counter her so uh in terms of the the characters. Um, I guess at this point we would be looking at. Uh, we want to cover the like basic kit of Donna at all because we didn't go over it at all. <laughs> right. I can try to do it off of memory. Okay. If you want, but let's go. Let's, let's actually go over the kit then. <laughs> In that case. Okay. <laughs> so the first move. I have it sort written down. Uh, actually, I'm reading it right now. So. Uh, like I remember most of it. It's just I haven't. <laughs> I don't remember all the legendaries. All right, let me let me read it. Right. Let me let me read it from what's on the uh, on the post that the standard made a while ago, and then we'll go for her legendary order too. So her, her first okay. move is roundhouse kick. Uh, it says damage to an enemy twenty percent to stun, uh, and then legendary thirty five percent chance to use roundhouse kick again. Uh, then you have Amazonian challenge, which is her second ability: gain taunt and apply one awareness uh, to the entire team. It says always in brackets. Now, what I believe this always means that it's the timing or how long the awareness lasts. So we've seen this before. Some that should be that should be exactly what it is. Yeah. So people were thinking about like how often it applies, but I think it's it always applies in the, if you have it always leveled up. Uh, if you have it leveled. All the way up. Well, the base move, the base move, it's like a seventy percent chance or something that they'll gain the awareness. But, That's why it right. is worded that way. Yeah. But if you have it all, if you have it leveled all the way up, it should apply the awareness all the time, and the awareness should stay on until uh, it's until the character is damaged to take it off. And then the legendary for this move is use Amazonian challenge at the beginning of battle. Downward strike is her next move, uh, her third move. It says damage to an enemy, sixty percent chance to stun. Legendary plus thirty percent chance to stun if all allies have four plus buffs. And then her first passive for is uh, swift retribution. Uh, each time an enemy damages an ally, Donna Troy gains 20% turn meter. Uh, legendary, 40% chance to counter with roundhouse kick when Donna Troy gets hit. And then her multiverse presence is her last passive. At the end of each teammate's turn, if teammate has 6 plus buffs, purge 2 of them, apply 20% turn meter and reduce cooldown by 1 on all other abilities, or on all abilities. Uh, legendary, it says also apply one awareness, and in, all, in brackets again it says always. So, given that... So just some clarifications real quick on the passives. Uh, the second passive, multi-first presence, only affects her allies. It does not affect herself from what we're seeing so far. Okay. So far. Uh, the other passive, the first passive, I forget what it's called, but there's two different words there. One says hit, one says damaged. I want to point that out because of the awareness. The legendary says hit, where she gets a counterattack. And then the other one says damaged. So you can't be damaged by using an awareness. That's right. So they actually have to take damage for her to gain the turn meter. 
However, I want to think, I want to think, I'm not 100% sure because I haven't seen it yet, that the legendary upgrade just means she has to get swung at. If the awareness is used or not, it doesn't matter in that case. That's, Does that make sense? Yeah, that's what it would make, that's what it would seem like to me if, from the way it's worded. So if it's actually particularly worded that way, then it probably is that way then. Yeah, I just I just wanted to point those out before we really go any you know anywhere with her uh, legendary orders. And I was talking to Doom earlier. He gave me uh, his idea on legendary order, and I have my idea on legendary order. They're very very similar. So Doom's order was five, four, two, one, three. Okay. My order was five, two, four, one, three. Okay. Literally just swapped where you take the taunt, and we basically came to the consensus that five is first because you're going to want those cooldowns and awareness and everything else. And then uh, one is, or three is kind of the weakest because it's so heavily gated that your allies all have to have four plus buffs in order to gain the 30% extra chance to stun. It just didn't seem like it was worth an early pick. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at there. And then the middle kind of, you know, take the two, take the what two that you feel are better, whether it's four and two or two and four and then figure out where you want one in there for that extra attack. You know, like that's kind of where we came to the consensus of. I guess it'll, like now that we're thinking about all these potential gimmicky uh, team compositions with her, it might actually affect the way you want to take certain moves uh, in certain order too. So like I was saying, if you're planning around something like the uh, Martian Manhunter uh, passing around awareness type of team compositions with her, you might actually want to consider taking her taunt first. Uh, because she'll start off with uh, giving everybody awareness. So that means from like the team composition that I saw with Martian Manhunter, you can play Martian Manhunter uh, outside of a leadership position. So that way you don't have to rely on him giving uh, awareness to everyone. So that's actually something to consider as well. But uh, otherwise, you know, your, con- your legendary order and Doom's legendary order seems fine to me. The one thing that I like, I consider about these type of taunting characters like Power Girl and so on and so forth is that there may, there actually might be a, an argument to not ever taking her taunt, depending on where how you want to use her too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You might not actually want to start her off as a taunt taunting character if you have another taunting character on your team that want that you want to take the heat rather than her taking the heat, because um, as we've noticed that she's not actually that. She, while she does have a tanky gear set, she's not actually that strong against uh, physical characters, right? She actually still goes down pretty quickly, from what I'm being told. Well, I think people were jumping the gun because they're having a legendary one face off against legendary five characters. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of stat difference, to be honest. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, will she be tanky? Yes. Will she be the end, you know, end all be all? I don't know. Probably not. She's going to be about as tanky as anybody else, really. I mean, looking at her stats, she's the character with the highest HP pool in the game, right? Uh, she's definitely up there. I don't know if she's the highest. I think she beats out any of the non-leadership-based ones, Yeah, like Ares and Katana. I think she's the highest base. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. Her base at gear 11 is like 36,000. It's, it's like 39. Yeah, it's almost 39. At level 80. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's, oh, wow. wow. Yeah, almost 40k HP is ridiculous. <laughs> that's... And I think Grundy, just for reference, comes in at like 38. So everybody knows how tanky Grundy can get. He's a big zombie and she's like a little girl. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> she's like half God, isn't she? Yeah, but he's Grundy. I think she looks a little old. 
She is a little older than Casey, if that's what you're referring to. Well, they say that she's supposed to be what um, Wonder Woman's sister. Wonder Woman is older than she is, but she looks older than Wonder Woman. Wonder Just, Woman my Just my opinion. I don't know. Well, you're a woman. You have the right to say that. I'm not going to say that <laughs> for fear of what might happen to me in the future. All right. All right. Well, with that, Renee, what do you think about um, Donna Troy's like, sort of design as a character then since we're on that topic? Um, I love her red suit. My favorite color is red. And I love the stars on it for heroic. Um, and I recently yesterday just, you know, went up to legendary and I, I'm not liking it. It's not, you know, I like the colors. So I'll be excited when we finally get that toggle feature. I can put it back to red. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, her face looks kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, just being honest on that, on that note, we're going to talk about this later in another section, but her and beast boy, I think that it's clear that they're being included this month for uh, the Titans release uh, of the DC Universe's uh, series. And I'm wondering if the character designs are, if they're not actually based off the actors and actresses in the show. Because I have, we haven't actually seen... It is a possibility. I've, we've seen the act, the actress who's going to be playing Donna Troy in the show. On Like if you Google it, uh, it'll come up. But, but not in, not in costume and makeup, right? Right. We, right? right. we haven't seen her in costume and makeup. So I'm wondering if her sort of, I guess, facial expressions and everything is sort of designed that way. And Beast Boy looks like, I wouldn't say exactly like the way the Titans, like the, the current Titans shows Beast Boy looks like, but he definitely looks more like him than any other Beast Boy I've seen. He doesn't look like the comics, and he doesn't look like the old shows yeah. for cartoons and stuff. So, so, yeah, I have to agree on that one. So I'm thinking... Teen Titans. Yeah. I'm thinking that, <laughs> that that's the direction that they're going, maybe, because we've seen them do that with characters like Wonder Woman, Defender of Justice. She, does, she looks a lot like Gal Gadot, right? So, I don't know. Anyways, so... Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely precedence there, if that's what they did. Oh, well, if she looks like the, the actual real character, I'm sorry, I wasn't calling you old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, with that, let's get into, I guess, uh, Nip Tuck. You got a little more work done, huh? Yeah, just a little bit, just a tweaking, tweaking, maintenance, maintenance. So in Nip Tuck, we're going to be talking about Nightwing for this podcast. So his kit, his first move, as many of you guys already know, if you already have uh, Nightwing unlocked, it's tumbling combo, uh, is damage to an enemy, 50% chance to apply invisibility to each teammate. Uh, the legendaries gain two evasions up. His second move is electrified screamer, special damage to all enemies, uh, gain six agility ups, uh, legendary apply eight agility downs to one random enemy. And I believe this one was changed from regular damage to special damage. Then his third move, the flying Grayson, Heavy damage and call assist on an enemy. Uh, 70% chance to call uh, to call a second assist. And legendary, apply two evasion ups to assisting teammate. Also, it's teammates, plural. So I'm guessing that means that you don't actually have to care. You don't have to call assist the same person twice. It could just be someone else. No, you don't call the same person twice necessarily. But it could. It can be two separate ones. Okay. It could be the same one twice, yes. Okay. And then the first passive is Trapeze Artist. Uh, Nightwing has an 85% increased defense uh, while he has evasion up. And Legendary start the battle with uh, two evasion ups and one awareness. And then Tag Team Fighter is his leadership, I believe. And then 30% chance to use Tumbling Combo on a random enemy after a team, uh, a team member's turn if any team member is invisible. And then his Legendary is equal chance to gain 25% meter up. So... That's his uh, kit. And getting into 
what uh, Doom was saying again from his notes. He says he his basic function now is uh, in a way that lets him mass invisible, I guess, your team and works well for teams that need that invisibility synergy. His AoE is substantially weaker uh, and his kit is a lot less focused on Nightwing having invisibility. And I believe what he means by the AoE is the second Electrified Screamer being weaker. I mentioned this, I think, in another podcast before. The fact that he got switched to special damage, but his his gear set remains, I guess, uh, I think it's a striker gear set, a physical striker gear set. Yeah, it's a physical striker. So the fact that he doesn't have much intelligence, uh, base intelligence on his uh, gear set is the reason why this move seems like it got weaker because they switched it over to special damage without switching his gear set. So... Uh, to be fair, it never did a ton of damage anyway. So yeah, maybe it wasn't so noticeable anyways. Well, there is one slight advantage. If you're coming up against a character that has a lot of agility ups, for example, this move will still do decent damage against them, whereas if his move was regular damage, it wouldn't. Uh, the next move, so the next part in his notes says, uh, lots, uh, loss of resistant bonus on passive means uh, it's weaker to special damage dealers. I think something to point out here is that uh, his passive used to be 40% defense and 40% resistance. Now it's just 85% defense. Yeah. He's definitely more about tanking the physical damage at this point by gaining the six agility ups, having the evasion ups, gaining the defense boost while he's got evasion ups. Yeah. Like he, he definitely seems like he's more about protecting the team and taking the hits for the team now. Yeah. Seems that way. Then Doom goes on to say uh, he starts the game with some awareness and evasion, but it could be helpful. But the initial look, uh, initially, it looks uh, a little bit lackluster outside of Batgirl teams. Pairing with uh, Beast Boy and Red Robin make for some sort of madness in terms of post-turn attacks. So I'm guessing he means sort of like random. Well, so if Nightwing's the leader, he has a 30% chance to use Tumbling Combo if an ally is invisible, mm-hmm. right? And then that's at the end of every ally's turn. Okay. Beast Boy has the 30% chance at the end of everybody's turn to attack with monkey business, plus 25% if he has a Titan. Uh, Red Robin, if invisible, has a chance to attack out of turn at the end of anybody's turn up to twice. So I think that's where he's going with that. Basically, there's going to be three bonus attacks flying everywhere. And all three of them are Titans. <laughs> I don't believe Red Robin is actually classed as a Titan right now. What? Really? I don't think so. Shouldn't shouldn't he be a Titan? They have Robin and Nightwing, but not Red Robin, for whatever reason. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Maybe they'll fix that later. It's something that may change down the road, but as of right now, I don't believe I saw it in his bio. Okay. I mean... Because I went digging, and as soon as I saw Beast Boy's kid, I was like, ooh, where's the Titans? Yeah. Uh, Tim, Tim Drake should be a Titan, I feel. But anyways... That's semantics, but again, hopefully it'll change later on. So Doom Doom fi- uh, wraps it all up by saying, all in all, it seems like you know decent character. He's slightly worse at doing things like that he was doing before, but better at certain other things. So sort of like a plus minus the zero thing, I guess. So yeah, it, it definitely feels like before he was more about protecting himself. Now he's about protecting his allies. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, I haven't actually ever really played with Nightwing. I'm in the process of gearing him up, and I was looking forward to using him as a special damaging character, but the fact that his int is hasn't changed and he doesn't really do much damage on his second move, it's sort of like, mm, maybe I, I'm not going to use him, because I'm really into the special damage dealers, but he does look like an interesting character, and I do like the fact that his heavy damage move can call up to two, two call assists, so that's actually pretty interesting, but otherwise I don't really have much thoughts on him. 
I mean, uh, Ogre, what do you think about Nightwing? Uh, well, I'm, I mean, this is, I'm super excited for, for Beast Boy and having the relation to the Titans. So I was actually already shifting my focus away from what I was doing and gearing up to now I'm going to actually be gearing up all the Titans because I want to just play with the Titans finally. Because I always said if they added Beast Boy, he was the only Titan that I really ever wanted because I want to put Beast Boy to, you know, work, man. I want to put him to work. <laughs> He's always been my favorite Titan, so Titans go! <laughs> but yeah, so eventually I will... I... <laughs> Hey, that movie was awesome. Nobody says anything otherwise. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh my god, you guys would love it. It was so funny. I'm go watch it. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, no, I think Nightwing actually has a really good place right now. I think, honestly, the way they designed his kit so that he protects the team by making them invisible and then allowing himself to take the brunt of the attacks, I think that's actually a really interesting design space. It's very similar to Clayface, but he doesn't just start out by doing that. And he doesn't start out tanky either. He needs those agility ups. He needs those evasion ups. He needs the bonus defense. Like these are things. I think this is a really interesting design space that they went for. So, all right, Renee, what do you think about Nightwing? Um, I'm going to be honest too. I'm probably only going to gear him up a little bit to be the five pointer whenever the Alliance mission things come around. Um, I normally play with uh, the female characters, so I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bad person because I don't play with the guys. So Dick Grayson's not your thing then? <laughs> nope. <laughs> he's he's a star. Uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, Louise! You caught me off guard with that one. All right. Anyways, uh, I'll, I'll I'll question whether or not I'll edit that out or not. <laughs> I might keep it in. <laughs> it was overhead. It wasn't even like. Lowballing it or anything? It was just overhead humor. <laughs> so uh, I guess with that, we'll move on to in the arena. All right. So obviously, the arena. We have a lot of things going on lately. The meta has become uh, very stale for a lot of people because of Wonder Girl and Harley Quinn. Uh, combined with Batgirl and just anybody else you want, really, whether it's Etrigan, Power Girl, Starfire, Larflees, whoever. It doesn't really matter. That's pretty much the meta team right now. And the introduction of Donna Troy and Beast Boy, I'm not sure that they're going to change that, unfortunately. I don't think that the... The one thing that could happen is that Donna Troy's passive, second passive could... Uh, limit the amount that Wonder Girl is going to do to your team, but I don't know that it's going to be enough because she's still going to have enough buffs on your team to trigger the double damage. So I'm not really sure there. And Beast Boy, with his ability to attack out of turn regularly uh, and gain a bunch of buffs just that way, may actually cause a problem as well. So I'm not really sure how these two are going to fit into this current meta but I guess we will see on Beast Boy since he's not out yet. And we've already started to see a little bit of impact from Donna. She's starting to show up on those Batgirl, Harley, Wonder Girl teams as before. So it's now Batgirl, Harley, Wonder Girl, Wonder Girl. And let's be honest, they're not a lot of fun to fight against. Yeah, it's not fun. But in general, like I'm wondering if um, Beast Boy can help a little bit. In another sense too, because he is a he's a bit of a tanky physical character, 
So if he can stick around long enough to deal damage to uh, Wonder Girl, that might be that might be interesting. But yeah, I'm really wondering about Donna Troy too because she seems really interesting, but not in the way we thought. Like that, she would be an answer to Wonder Girl. I think that she might be more of an a combo character. Like, because I've been I've been seeing a lot of people post videos with her uh, starting turn awareness, and she combos really well with characters that pass around buffs, like uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Defender of Justice, uh, Martian Manhunter passes around his own awarenesses too, and uh, Poison Ivy. Yeah, Poison Ivy also does copying very well too. There was a team that I saw recently. Oh, I remember now. It was Atrocitus, uh, Donna Troy, uh, Martian Manhunter, and uh, Wonder Woman, Defender of Justice. All the awarenesses being passed around like crazy. Everyone had like a bajillion awarenesses at the end of it. Uh, because Atrocitus is just proccing a lot more basics. And all those characters pass around. Uh, actually, well, two of those characters pass around awarenesses on their basics. So it was pretty amazing to see, <laughs> see you go off. So I think that she'll be very interesting as a combo character. But yeah, so far I don't really see too much hope for the state of the meta. I think things are more or less going to stay the same unless people catch on to the sort of awareness, uh, guess combo-y, gimmicky thing that you can do. So if that's a, if that's a thing, then that might shift the meta in that direction. But I don't think it's going to be big, that big because Martian Man- Manhunter is not that accessible, right? Well, not even not even just that. But here's a question for you. Those awareness really aren't going to help you when you miss and Batgirl purges off buffs with her counterattack. And then you also have a hit from the face from Harley. Those awarenesses are going to go away fairly quickly. So, I mean, it really won't make that much of a difference, I don't think. It just really depends on what else you have on your team. I don't know if the gimmicky team is going to be able to beat the counterattack team that purges buffs constantly. Renee, do you have any thoughts on the uh, the current state of the meta and where Donna Troy and Beast Boy fit in? Um, well, I'm a bit confused with Donna Troy's um, her first and her third power. I, doesn't it look like it's the same thing? They both say damage to an enemy and chance to stun. Wouldn't you think that they would put something else versus that? Well, here, okay. So the basic attack is a slightly weaker hit uh, with a very low chance at 20% max, I think. To stun, whereas the third attack uh, has a much higher, I think, 60% chance to stun and does a bit more damage. So, but they are very similar, yes. Oh, okay, I was just making sure I wasn't like reading that wrong or something. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, um, that, that's basically it for that one. How do you think they're going to fit into the meta? Do you think they're going to change anything? Do you have any ideas? Uh, well, with the video that Hate Mail posted the other day, it doesn't look like she's going to be very powerful. Um, so I was kind of disappointed with that. But um, when we were playing Beast Boy in the the nodes and everything, the last node, he was kind of a he was definitely tanky. So hopefully, you know, he'll be able to hold his own and beat some characters that that are the metas. Okay. Okay. And I think that's actually a good transition to uh, talk about next. Uh, we've got the events lined up for uh you know everything for this month cool and then after in the arena we get into uh event horizon hell is only a word reality is much much worse all right so we got a bunch of events that are lined up for us and uh we actually have the donna troy hero challenge going on right now uh it was actually a fairly difficult challenge 
if you were not prepared for it. Uh, I have heard people being able to beat it at gear nine. Uh, I went in with a full gear 11 team and I still lost somebody. So, I mean, it's, you have to think a little bit because Beast Boy is a bit of a challenge because of his damage immunity and his men's. So you do have to think a little bit more on this one than you do in some of the previous ones. So just be aware, this challenge is definitely difficult. Um, what did you guys think of the uh, Donna Troy hero challenge? I beat it. Yeah. I, um, but <laughs> definitely at the, the last note, um, Beast Boy was giving me a hard time. Um, so I thought I was for sure going to die. But uh, no, I, I beat him. But, it, you know, it's definitely one of those, um, I don't know, butt clunchers or whatever you call them. <laughs> butt, cl- butt clunchers. That's fair. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I was sort of in the same boat as Ogre. I was actually preparing myself from the last month's uh, Two-Face Challenge. Remembering, I think it was a little bit harder in Two-Face Challenge than two. So sort of the... the um, What's the word here? The PVE uh, hero challenges recently have been scaling up in difficulty. So I normally play it on auto, but when I got to the twenty third node, I took it off auto just at the, ba- on the on the boss wave to see how hard it was. Um, I was actually able to finish it on auto after putting it back. Like I tr- I took it off auto, played it a little bit, and then put it back on auto, realizing that um, all you had to do was make sure that uh, you could stun. Beast Boy. So the idea is that Beast Boy's um, passives are really, really good. So his his passives going off, um, giving him damage immunity and things like that are pretty annoying. And the only really way, the only way you can really stop passives is by stunning a character. So if you can stun Beast Boy and keep him locked down, then you can take care of everybody else and then get back to him, and then you can take him down real quick. So. Um, yeah, that's how I, I dealt with uh, the hero challenge. But yeah, otherwise. So, so what characters did you guys use? So, in my case, I used uh, Wonder Woman Defender of Justice as leader. Uh, then I used Robin as basically a ramp style character and, and to apply bleeds. Then I used Killer Frost and Riddler to stun. So, those were my. That was my team composition. Yeah, I, I actually was stupid and I brought, you know, bleeders. Uh, I brought Atrocitus, Poison Ivy, Camo, and Robin. Uh, basically, I had to whittle him down through Bleeds attrition because Camo's Bleeds are permanent, so it didn't matter. Eventually, they were more than enough to let his, let his men's wear off and uh, eventually got him. Oh, I gotcha. I used um, Zatanna, Wonder Woman, uh, Princess of Themyscira, Huntress, and Wonder Girl. Um, my dummy self, didn't put Wonder Woman as the leader. I didn't realize that until after I started. I know. I, I didn't realize until after I started the battle. I'm like, well, I'm not about to waste, you know, 35 and go back and then re-put her. So I'm like, I, I ended up winning. But like I said, it was it was very, you know, here and there at the end. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm not going to win. But it was, but it was okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. I was going to say, Princess of the Mascara, I think, is the uh, the other key. If you don't want to use a stun team, you're definitely going to want that buff immunity. Oh, right. oh I Those love her. Two characters that I think, or two things in this challenge. That's how you're going to beat Beast Boy. You either give him buff immunity or you're stunning. That's my best advice I can give you guys if you're having trouble. So there you go. All right. So we also have upcoming the World's Race Detective Hero Challenge, or, or six-day challenge, not hero challenge. Um, well, he's, I guess they're all day, challenges. Day, day. It's a six-day challenge, not a 10-day. Um but obviously, most veterans don't need 
world's greatest detective. I know I myself, I'm like 10 away from L5 because I'm lazy um, and didn't do his PvP last week or whatever it was. But I also, I knew I was going to be going through the challenge just so I could do camo versus. So uh, I know DP, you probably don't need any L7 world's greatest detective. Or like L10 uh, at this point. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I need him. Well, and that's what I was about to get to. This Even is though I won't play definitely. This event is definitely for newer players. The veteran players can take a week off. They can relax, do PvP, do whatever, and just relax and not have to worry about another challenge that they have to go through constantly. Whereas newer players are going to love these world Great detective fragments. To be so, PvP is not relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> PvP, if you're not in the top 100, top 1500, is very relaxing, actually. Okay. Fair enough. So, anyway, Renee, you obviously have uh, something to say about the World's Greatest Detective Challenge. Please feel free. Oh, no. I'll, I'll play it, though. I, I think I only have it at, like, level two. So I'll, I'll definitely need to get some of his fragments as far as to, to bring him back up to, like, at least maybe, hopefully, level, you know, four stars or something. He's definitely a character that's worthy of L5, if you're wondering. Does he need it? No. He probably only needs L2 to really be really good. That's really the only two moves he needs are his heal and his detective work. After that, everything else is kind of gravy. But he's definitely L5 worthy at this point with his rework, so if you were wondering. Isn't he kind of slow, though? Uh, he's not terribly slow. He's just like one or two points underneath Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. He's got like a 110 or something, 112. I can't remember. He's he's fairly quick. He's not the fastest, but he's not the slowest either by far. But anyway, yeah, we were just talking about also, the, how how he combos with Donna Troy. So if you're playing, if you're planning on playing with Donna Troy, it might be a good opportunity to to pick up more of him, more of his shards to get more of his kit unlocked to combo with her. All right, sounds good. Yeah, if you're a combo player, now is your golden time because <laughs> we found some combo for you. There you go. <laughs> Um, I'm taking notes. <laughs> All right. And then obviously we have uh, one other event that's coming up soon, and that's All Hollows Eve, I believe it's called, for Grundy. And there's two distinctly different events, one for Heroic, one for Legendary. So we're interested to see what that actually turns into. And we're assuming that there's a restricted list for this as well. We haven't seen that yet either, so we're still trying to figure out what is the monster map. Yeah, I'm assuming it's probably going to be a lot of the characters that are Halloween-based or sort of scary-themed in that sense, like characters like... So characters like Scarecrow, Grundy himself, Camo, Grodd, Doomsday, Clayface. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't... To be fair, I don't I don't consider Grodd to be scary. He's a big gorilla. He's so huggable. <laughs> <laughs> he will destroy you. He will squish you. <laughs> In so many ways. But yes, I get you I get you what you're saying. Uh, but also somebody like Killer Croc. <laughs> Killer Croc might be cool in there. Um there's there's a lot of characters that definitely could fall into the monster mash category. We're all just speculating, obviously. We have no idea. They haven't said anything yet. Here's a here's a future character design thought on a very scary, scary character that uh, I'd want in the game. I definitely want to see a big, giant-sized Bebo. You know Bebo? No. No. <laughs> if, if you don't know Bebo... If, if you do that, Kemo <laughs> needs to be Who's bigger. Who's Bebo? 
I'll just say one thing about Bebo. You you go go watch uh, Legends of Tomorrow. The uh, I, I I think it's in the later series or the later seasons where Bebo shows up. And once you see Bebo and you figure out what Bebo is, yeah, <laughs> you'll understand why Bebo is awesome. So yeah, I think I only watched the first and second season of Legends of Tomorrow, and then I kind of got behind. Yeah. Anyways, you can if you want to, you can just Google it though. Bebo is B E E B O. So you can just Google that, and then you'll probably. <laughs> All right, sounds good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that was neither here nor there. <laughs> but, uh, I guess we'll get into the shop talk. We also, now, right? well, we also have. Uh, hold on, we also have two other thing or three other events that are going on. Oh, yeah. uh, they're more PvP related, but we have Zatanna challenges, both Woo! legendary and heroic. So this one that's going on currently is legendary characters only. The next one will be heroic characters are available. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if it's just heroic characters and non-legendary characters. Because if that's the case, a lot of us are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but then we also have, what is it, physical and energy gem blitzes coming? That's right. That's right. Is, is it in that order or is it reversed? Uh, energy, then physical. Okay. So, yeah. Guess what, everybody? No wonder, girl. No wonder, girl. Get the party on. <laughs> I don't have a lot of uh, good physical characters in the energy ones, so I may be in trouble. Oh, no. That's right. Most of your girls are mystic. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, those are something to look forward to. Gem blitzes are always, you know, uh, very anticipated things. So get your characters ready. And then one other thing that we had that we had wanted to mention was still no siege. Yeah. But we're still hopeful for for that to happen again here in november maybe because november is that two-year anniversary so maybe we'll get another one then give, we don't know give me a new superman and give him a, a siege event <laughs> that that's for you and like the three other superman fans yeah 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 for me come on no no <laughs> no <laughs> so um, that being said uh let's get into the shop talk i guess then right So, uh, shop talk. In terms of bug fixes, there wasn't really much um, that was actually implemented in the last update. There was a very, very small patch, it seems, to uh, fix something with Silver Banshee. And I actually didn't really didn't know that was a thing. But apparently it was fixed. <laughs> I knew it was a thing. According to Kage, he's been playing with Please, so have I, but I actually haven't noticed what he's been noticing. Apparently his third ability is still bugged on the purging. On his uh, on his third legendary, so uh, I think it has to do with when it misses or when it apparently it sometimes purges and sometimes it doesn't purges. So I don't know. So, but apparently that's still bugged and they need to look into that. But in terms of packs, there really isn't much to talk about uh, because there hasn't really been anything uh, to work to note. Um, it's pretty much been business as usual in the shop. So that being Doomsday and Camo both being in the shop aren't odd to you. Well, I don't think that's odd. I think that was just something to note. I, I, I might as well have just written, you know, Ogre and Dooms right there in the shop. But yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I was actually, you wanted a Superman season and a Superman. Okay. Doomsday and Camo can both be linked to Superman. Fair enough. So that, so you, and you could say that there was a speculation post on Reddit 
that maybe these packs showed up because they're getting a reworks in November? That would be cool. That would be cool. But the one thing... I, I don't think it's going to happen, but... This, this argument's come up before, especially I think there was a Superboy one a while ago. But every time we go through this, I'll, I'll mention this again. In terms of pack patterns, a lot of the times you'll see certain exclusive characters uh, show up in the shop mainly because it's going to be the following day's Alliance character, uh, featured character. So uh, in addition to the five-point character, one of the two-point characters usually shows up in the shop the day before. So I think in the case of Kemo, he was the next day's character. And I think Doomsday, maybe not yet, but maybe a couple of days you know, from now, he could show up. I'm not sure. But that often is the trend. So, although I'd like to believe that it has something to do with the next month's theme, it often isn't the case. So, the next thing I want to talk about, since we don't really have much to talk about in terms of packs, is, I guess, the newsletter that we got um, talking about Zatanna's showdown. Now, the only one point to note is that, um, well, I guess there's two points. They mentioned that it's it's good to, to pick up Zatanna shards to help you for the Grundy event, the Hallow's Eve event. So... That means that Zatanna is probably an eligible character on that list. So she's well, she's a witch, right? Yay! Yeah. I guess yeah, she's a witch then. I was gonna. She's say- not a witch. She's a magician. Fair enough. As far as like an All Hallows Eve feel, she's a witch. <laughs> she's a- oh, okay, she's a witch okay. So um, enchantress. Right. Uh, she probably is on there too. To be fair. Well. The next thing to, th- to note about that uh, newsletter was the very last sentence was written in Zatanna speak. In well, I guess it's all it's all it's all written backwards. And if you read it backwards, uh, it would it would say, uh, "And you can never have too many in November," referring to picking up her shards as much as you can during her showdown. So, meaning now, a lot of people are speculating on this is that the, this could imply that having excess shards is a good thing going forward. Maybe we're going to have a uh, potential, like something to do with our excess shards in the future. People are thinking of a, a shard exchange uh, mechanic that made something like Doom proposed before. Maybe it's something completely Because it's something the community has asked for for forever now? Yeah, basically. But it could be something along the lines of what Doom was proposing before. It could be something completely different. It could be something that WB has been thinking of and finally have decided to flip the switch on. Or it could just be the fact that um, maybe Zatanna's getting a rework, right? And then uh, it's a good point. It's a good time to pick up Zatanna shards. Maybe all they're trying to say. But uh, yeah, those are the two popular theories. Right now, going forward, so. I think a lot of people. Are, good theories. Good theories. A lot of people are of the camp of the shard exchanger because you know that's the most positive change for the game, and I'd like to believe that too. I'm not Sam a naysayer. I like. I do like to think that. I'm more of the Zatanna rework. Mainly because, for a couple of reasons, November is a good time also when things are like post-Halloween to introduce maybe Justice League Dark, right? So if there could be something like a Constantine event or something along the line of uh, more Justice League Dark characters coming into fruition, um, also Doom Patrol being part of, uh, um, what do you call it? Doom Patrol being part of the Titan series, they could actually introduce some Doom Patrol characters too. I'm not, and then also Zatanna. Especially since Beast Boy and Cyborg are kind of linked to that. Right. So they could all link together to sort of a Justice League Dark theme. Zatanna getting reworked would just fit that too, I thought. So that's sort of like what's going around in my head. 
But uh, what do you guys think of the uh, this potential? Um, well, I guess this last sentence of the uh, the the newsletter. What do you guys make of it? I'm thinking it's the frag thing. But I may be the only person in this game who doesn't have excess frags, so it doesn't benefit me anyway. It, it'll happen. Don't worry. <laughs> it'll happen. Yeah. But here, here's some of the backing for the speculation on the frag exchange. Why have the Siege event hand out millions upon millions of legendary essence so that people can get L5 characters if that wasn't a potential requirement for a frag exchange uh, so elaborate on that a little bit more so let's say the frag exchange is a thing and moving forward we do get the frag exchange it might require you to have the character at l5 before you can turn in any excess fragments um yeah that makes sense yep it also gives you more reason to keep farming certain nodes too so, like, if you're actually playing through something, like, there, some people will stop at, like, L3 or L4. Well, like, Alliance Missions. Right. Alliance Missions is the biggest thing here. Because everybody's tired of farming Alliance Missions and Heroics because they have all the characters at L5 or whatever. Well, all of a sudden, now you have the ability to turn those excess frags into something else. Now you can continue to do Alliance Missions and not worry about what you're getting. Keeps the people wanting more. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I'm one of those I'm one of those guys that like I farm chapters one to three during the heroic missions a lot, and throughout the course of what like alliance missions has been going on for like almost a year and a half now, and yeah, I I actually have every character from chapter one to three, uh, legendary five. So not not legendary five, but legendary five capable. Yeah, exactly. Capable. So so yeah, so, but like why? I mean, that's just something. Why would they give you so much legendary essence when it's been a pain in the butt to get prior if it wasn't a necessity at some point here in the near future? Yeah, fair enough. I could definitely see that being sort of the, uh, what's the word here, the threshold that you have to exceed, right? So, And it may not even be an L5 per se. It may just be that you need L4 with L5 capable shards. We don't know. This is all speculation again, so. Yeah. But I definitely like to see, even if it is something that's like gated at L5, I could definitely see that being the case. And that still would be a great addition to the game to give us something to sort of look forward to once we hit that mark, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Okie doke. I guess. Renee, Renee, did you have any thoughts on potential? Um, no, basically what you guys just said. Um, but if it's the Zatanna rework, um, if it is, and I would hopefully that they would make her a little less squishy. Um, cause she does get killed first on my team. Um, but I do love her because of her heal. So I was going to say the one thing about her, right? so the one thing, if we did, so if we were for her, like this is just speculating, I guess is a repeated pattern that I'm seeing is that I'd like to see her heal become overheal. Cause can you imagine yeah. a team wide heavy overheal? That would be crazy. <laughs> I, I will take I'd be that. very excited for that. Yes. Yeah. Team wide heavy overheal. Sweet. Like, the funny thing about Zatanna, she hits really hard yep. just because she's a special striker and has a huge intelligence. Yeah. So, if like, she doesn't need a lot of changes, and I think the heavy overheal is one of them that would help. And I think the other change would be her leadership becoming a passive. Uh, those are pretty much the only things I could see possibly changing. The rest of her kit is still pretty good, so... 
I guess while we're on the note of Zatanna, and I guess we should have talked about this when we talked about her showdown, but for those of you who are thinking about farming Zatanna more and getting more of her shards, she is actually a very good character against certain energy characters, especially characters like Power Girl that are physical-based and don't have uh, very high intelligence stats. So she can often one-shot those characters. Against Power Girl, because of her death immunity, you'll take her down to 1 HP, but then you'll kill her with the next person because her... But you're also purging off all of those buffs. Right. Well, a big chunk of those buffs. Exactly. So the hat trick will purge it all off and apply int downs and whatever. And then the next guy will come in and just rip her apart. So, I mean, oftentimes, uh, unless they have uh, damage or death immunity, she will one-shot most physical-based energy characters. And as long as she's still around, that's the biggest problem. She is pretty slow, too. So she's squishy and she's slow. So you have to protect her. But she is really, really, really good if you get to use her. So I use her all the time. So I guess uh, with that, we'll wrap things up there for the shop, and then we'll go into Community Watchtower. Wait, you mean we're going to take the Watchtower out of orbit and drop it right on top of their little science project? So in Community Watchtower, uh, our guest today is Renee Sylvia. 88. And uh, I guess we'll start things off with uh, Get to Know Renee. And uh, for those of you who are fans of We Are Legends, she was on there quite recently too, and she did a bit of an interview with them. So we'll sort of gloss over the same things that uh, they went over and get uh, get to know her a little bit more too. So uh, I guess part of what Hate Mail and Kage asked you before is, um, how'd you get into comics and DCL? And uh, I also heard that you had a comic-themed wedding recently, and uh, congratulations on getting married. Thank you. So, Hooray! We want to know um, how you felt about your wedding in terms of the whole comic theme thing, and what's your feedback from all that. So we, we want to know how that went for you. So I guess first, uh, um, what's your history with uh, comics and DCL, I guess? Oh, okay. Um, well, basically, my dad is ultimately to blame for my love of all things comics um, and superheroes. Uh, my brother is about 15 years older than I am. So when he moved out of the house when I was three, uh, my dad decided to, you know, share his love of comics. Well, not, not so much comics, but, you know, the characters, the movies, you know, like Batman, um, cartoons, Wonder Woman shows, stuff like that. So we just kind of kept with it. Then, you know, of course, Netflix made it a lot easier for me to, you know, watch the the cartoons and everything recently. Um, I would like to say that my kids are the ones that I watch them for but it's really not it's kind of just for me um so that all in all don't worry we all do that oh thank god it's not just me (laughs) (laughs) i have glasses too so i'm nerdy there you go me too you're not in strange company (laughs) (laughs) it's it's all good it's all good my husband calls um calls us all nerds and he goes oh are you talking to your nerd friends i'm like yes yes i am and i'm talking you know i'm a nerd with them so leave me alone (laughs) be be proud of your nerd embrace your nerd (laughs) i try i even have I even have scrub tops that are um, are nerd based. So, and my my uh, see, and that right there, there makes you like the best dental hygienist ever. So, why thank you? Oh, I'm sorry. Did we even cover that? That's your job. <laughs> uh, I'm a dental assistant. Yeah. Anybody has any questions about dental? You know, you can always talk to me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, as far as, you know, getting into comics and everything, my dad is definitely to blame. Um, I definitely love everything. Like I said, um, 
hero based and and whatnot batman movies i watch it all um the marvel and dc movies that have been coming out i'm super excited for all of them um i've watched them at least 15 times when they come out on dvd after you know of course theaters um i got into dc legends basically uh when wonder woman came out in theaters um i believe i saw a preview for dcl on it and then i decided to you know download it for my kids um let my kids play you know when we're trying to keep them quiet while we're somewhere then they got, of course, in trouble, and I started playing it myself after that and kind of just took over. They do not get to touch my DCL now. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. They're like, Mom, can I just play? I'm like, no. Let's, you, you have something else to play. Play something else. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, that's basically how I got onto DC Legends. Cool. Um, as far as my wedding, um, it was last Saturday. Cool. Um, we did have it in Michigan. Um, I'm friend from Indiana originally. Um, so I had a whole bunch of things that were like comic book based, like without it being over the top, you know, like where everything's like comic. Um, so I, my bouquets, um, they're made of paper flowers um, from a vendor that I found off of Etsy. Um, I, my colors were burgundy, ivory, gold, and I had some comic book flowers that were kind of incorporated into the bouquet without being it, you know, over the top. That's awesome. Well, I think, yeah. Um, then I had a comic book seating chart, um, and you know how they have like table numbers and everything. Um, and so we did a comic book seating chart. Um, I had Marvel and DC characters, you know, I like both of them, so I couldn't be, you know, pick just one, um, that would tell the people where to go and it would tell the people who each comic book character was. Um, okay. Those pictures were great, by the way. Oh, (laughs) thank you. I love seeing, I love seeing those table numbers. Uh, you're at table Hulk. Here is a comic book for Hulk. Here is a little card telling you about the Hulk. Love exactly. it. Um, yep. But like, like Ogre said, I definitely had, um, I didn't have exactly the correct comics for each table. Um, I basically went to the comic book store that was, you know, down the street. And I told the guy that I was having a comic book themed wedding. And he goes, oh, great. You know, let me, um, how about you take 25 cents for each comic? I'm like, okay, great. Yeah. And instead of paying like $2 a piece, that's great. Um, so I kind of just, you know, put random comic books on the tables. Some of them, you know, were Supergirl and Supergirl table. So that was always fun. Um, my coworker made me a garter that had like pow and wow. And it had Wonder Woman on it. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Sorry. Two more things. (laughs) And then I had, um, a comic book backdrop. The same thing had pow and wow. And it also had like, um, little props that people could use to take pictures with. So that was a pretty big hit. And then the last thing that I had comic book wise was my cake topper. Uh, my husband's favorite character is Deadpool. And then mine, of course, is Wonder Woman. So, uh, cool. so DC and Marvel, that's why I had to put them both together. And then it had Mr. And Mrs. with our last name. So that, that was a real hit with everybody, too. Did you now? Nice. I'm guessing this didn't happen because you probably would have mentioned it, but you didn't walk down the aisle as Deadpool and Wonder Woman, did you? No, 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 no. I wanted the guys to wear like shirts underneath their tuxes, though, but that didn't happen. But it's okay. It would have been very fitting if they had the t-shirt tuxedos. Oh, right. But anyways, yeah, that that they would have did that. that like it might have cheapened it a little bit, but it still would have been fun. But I think I think it was beautiful, and you guys looked great. So cool. with the pictures Thanks, you showed okay. us. So uh, are those are those posted yeah. on the CC? Uh, no, but I can put them on, um, well, I probably can. I'll, yeah, I'll put them on the CC. That's you can probably fine. just share them on Discord here. Okay. 
But, uh, so I know I've seen him. D- DP probably hasn't seen him, obviously, because he's not in all the chats that I'm in. So yeah, um, I'll show him to you. No worries, DP. Yeah, but I mean, well, I guess while we're on the topic, because we're talking about the CC, so I guess the next topic to get into is the fact that you're a mod for the CC. So how did you get into that? Um, Joker and I became friends. Um, probably at the beginning of this year. Um, I would I'm ask sorry. him questions. I said Joker and I became friends. <laughs> oh, you said no, you I said I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Joker. Joker. <laughs> Shout out to Joker. Um, I would ask him questions, you know, because I wasn't, you know, on the CC very often. And then I would, you know, randomly scroll through and I'm like, okay, I don't know what the heck these people are talking about. Probably one of the first questions I asked him, I'm like, what is, um, what is it? F2P and uh, P2P. <laughs> There's no shame in that. There is no shame in that. If you're not a gamer, you're not going to know that. Exactly. So all, all the things that I had no idea what people were talking about, I would always ask him. And then we just became friends. Um, and then he said that after he asked me to be a mod um, with, of course, the acceptance of WD Stanner, that I would be a good female touch to the game. And he thought I would do a good job keeping the forums clean and whatnot. So As Ogre, Doom, and I are all mods for Reddit, uh, we kind of have an idea of what, it, what that job entails for Reddit. Now, for the CC, what does it mean to really keep the CC clean, you know, quote unquote? Does that is that actually a hard job for you? Um, no, it's not that hard. You know, um, I'm probably not the best at doing it just yet. You know, I don't go into every single, you know, little topic and make sure that, you know, they're keeping their words clean or not trying to, you know, um, make words that impl- imply something else. Um, but Definitely when I see um, a person that has like a crazy name that, you know, is suggesting, you know, you, you go in there and you, you don't talk to the person and say, hey, you, you know, to change this. Um, and basically, you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, if if the people keep talking about the same subject and it's kind of like drown out, we kind of lock the things. But I don't I haven't done a lot of it just yet. I probably only did like maybe five so far. Okay. Does it come up a lot though, or is it just like a every now and then thing? It's just been a lot of the Nerf Wonder Girl posts that um, have been locked a lot since since I started. So yeah, we had Joker on recently, and he was sort of saying the same thing. So, anyways, in the, I guess in the next thing to, to go into is then um, for you personally, what would you like to see in the game going forward? If you were to add something that you would you personally would want. Um. Well, when I was on We Are Legends, basically I touched on how. You know, I would like it to meet, well, not so much like Facebook, but um, the notifications where you would actually get a notification where they would tell you that you have something that, hey, somebody's like this or somebody's commented back on this instead of you having to like, rent, you know, go in there yourself and manually do it. Um, so after I said that on We Are Legends, I'm not saying that I'm the reason why they did it, um, but they definitely, you know, did that about a week or two later. So, you know, that's kind of what I really wanted, you know, just so I know something's out there waiting for me to look at it, you know? Um, but other so than that, specific I'm just, to the CC then. Exactly, yeah, specific to the CC. Um, I'm just really looking forward to the the skin swap whenever that does come out unbugged. Cool. So basically, uh, some people were of the idea that the skin swap uh, might not actually let us uh, apply new skins to the game, but it might just be a skin toggle between the heroic and legendary. If, for example, we were able to get new skins into the game. What new skins would you want to see for some of your characters? More colors? 
<laughs> okay. You have so you have so like you want to see the classic uh, Linda Carter Wonder Woman outfit. Oh, uh, that would be cool. Like for example, if I were to touch on Wonder Woman, one of the char- one of the skins that I'd want to see is I think it's one of the other Earth Wonder Womans. I'm not. Re- I, I think it's the Wonder Woman where she's uh she's dating Clark Kent, um, and she has a sort of she doesn't have the 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 yellow red and blue suit it's sort of like a red like a dark blue suit and like a gray suit you know what i'm talking about is that the one where her top is red and then her full bottom pant is blue i think so but then and her her tiara is gray i think it's silver not golden okay yeah no that would that would definitely be cool Right now, I'd be perfectly okay with just toggling between the two because there's some, yeah. you know, heroics and legendaries where I just don't like the legendary. No, I definitely feel you. I'm in the same position. I definitely don't want to have my Superman with armor. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Where? <laughs> 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 yeah. But anyways, uh, okay. I guess uh, let's move on to uh, movies and TV. So first, movies. Uh, there was just recently a new extended Aquaman trailer that was about... Five minutes long? Pretty long. In that trailer, we got a good look at Manta and Manta's goons. And then uh, Nicole Kidman beating people up with a trident. That was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. (laughs) uh, What's her name? Atlanta? Atlanta is the mother's name, right? And uh, Yeah. Then there's like the whole scene with like Arthur and Mira doing sort of an Indiana Jones thing going through, I'm guessing, old Atlantis. And uh, Yeah, they said it was in the Sahara Desert. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil anything for those who who, or who haven't watched the rest of, like the trailer. I'll I'll have to say one thing though, the ending is the real like, ugh, you know, the grabs you right at the end. Yep. That's what. Watch the trailer. Giant fight scene. Yeah, the fight of awesomeness. Yeah. So the fights like all the fight scenes that were delivered in that trailer look absolutely phenomenal, yeah. and they look like they're going to be a lot of fun. So, also Amber Heard is hot. Ever heard is hot. <laughs> she is hot. I'm extremely excited for this movie, though. So excited. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I really like the dynamic between Aquaman and Mara. Like, some of the dynamic in that scene. It was hilarious. <laughs> I, I just, I love Jason Momoa's character as Aquaman. He's like the funniest Aquaman. <laughs> He's the best Arthur Curry you could have. I don't. I can't really see Arthur Curry being different now. I I could definitely see them rewriting Arthur Curry's character in the comics even to fit this sort of comedic style because Arthur Curry is not actually supposed to be a comedian, well, right? So well, well, I think this is more akin to if the alternate timeline flashpoint Arthur Curry who was missing his hand, the you know cynical. Yeah, yeah. This is him younger. I think is what they're trying to go for. Younger and I'm not unfiltered. really sure. Yeah, he's very, very unfiltered. Very, I don't give a crap. crap. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, he, he very much has that feel about him, and I kind of like it. So now, in terms of story, sort of like DC canon. Now, <clears throat> in the whole Aquaman losing his hand part of that canon, right? There is like that's after him and Mira get together and they have a son, right? And his son is being threatened by, I'm guess I'm trying to, I'm, I want to say Manta. Was it Manta or was it 
it's somebody one so of I, the, I don't remember honestly enemies from Atlantis, right? So his his son's being threatened, and he has to. The only way he can save his son is by cutting off his own arm, and that whole part, right, is something that could be foreshadowing, like in the could be something foreshadowed in the future, because obviously he's he's not together with Mira yet, right? You know, you you obviously see that's being developed in this, and maybe we end. Oh, I could totally end. see them going that direction with this storyline. But thinking about that, could you see like a potential future uh, Justice League or something, or another future Aquaman movie where he has no no uh, he, he has he's missing a hand and he has that I'm gonna say like a hook <laughs> as a, a second hand. Oh, absolutely! I could totally see that happening, and like I said. Like I could totally see DC taking that because it is one of the more popular arcs for him. Yeah. You know, and I, I think at least I think they definitely would take it in that direction if that's you know something that the fans enjoy because it really does feel like that's where the character is coming from. Yeah, I remember. So I could totally see them going in that direction. I remember as a teenager watching that that episode of the Justice League where he's like he's he's pitted against the, the fact like he has to save his son but he can't get loose he l- just cuts off his arm yeah I remember the episode ooh, ooh, that was ooh. <laughs> you know it's a parent thing DP you, know? you do what you gotta do I know I, I get it but man that was you know I, I, I was young right so you, you don't really you don't really have the maturity it, it was kind of graphic yeah <laughs> but yeah okay uh, that, that's sort of we're going a bit off talking but in terms of the trailer though uh, do you guys have any favorite parts from what you saw? Like I said, just the interaction of uh, Aquaman and Mera was hilarious during the Indiana Jones portion. Agreed. That's what we're call it. <laughs> Where he says, he goes, I could have just peed on that. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was absolutely hilarious. He's like, you're just showing off. I could have just peed on it. Yeah. <laughs> and she just like, she breaks the little capsule thing. She says, Wait, why'd you do that? He's like, what are you doing? I memorized, I memorized it. it, didn't you? Yeah, something. What are you talking about? Something, something tried it. Uh, this movie looks like it's going to be so good. And honestly, I'm really hoping it is because I'm really looking forward to Shazam being in kind of the same, you know, style and light of just lighthearted and funny. Yeah. But also having really good action sequences. So I'm kind of hoping that this is the direction that DC goes with these movies because as of right now the trailers for aquaman and shazam this is what i want from dc i want it to be that darker gritty dc but i also want it to have a lighter side yeah i don't agreed i definitely want to go into the theater and have a good time like in that aspect not just like watch like action scenes and be you know happy with cg but just be there and laughing and enjoying things right sort of like what deadpool did for us oh absolutely Dad and Thor Ragnarok, have you guys seen that? Sorry, I'm going off topic to Marvel. No, yeah, like Thor Ragnarok was, I think, a very good example of where comic movies should be. Because it's hilarious. It was. Favorite. <laughs> I have never used the word anus so many times in my life. <laughs> Favorite character in that movie was... The Devil's Doug. Anus. Doug, I think was his name. The, the rock guy. <laughs> Doug? Doug was awesome. Doug was awesome. I'm Doug. No, Korg. Korg, as you can call me Doug. Or- yeah, Korg. Korg, okay. It was Korg and Meek. Okay. Yeah, the little the little alien guy that died at the end. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't die. Oh wait. He, he, he was still alive. He thought he was dead because he stepped on him. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, uh, no, uh, I'm really looking forward to to what DC has planned because obviously, you know, we saw great sequences of action in Batman vs Superman and you know uh, some other stuff like. When I saw 
Batfleck going through the building trying to save Martha. I'm like, this is Batman. Holy crap. And, you know, now I'm seeing Aquaman trailers and Shazam trailers. And I'm like, these are Aquaman. And this is Shazam. Like, yeah. I'm really, really excited for what these characters are going to be. And I really like that they chose these slightly off characters, not the Trinity, to represent the lighter side of it. Because obviously the Trinity has kind of already been ingrained as the grittier side with Superman, uh, Batman, and Wonder Woman. So I'm okay with that. Keep them gritty. But give us that lighter side with Aquaman and Shazam and Cyborg and Flash. And, you know, give us that lighter side there. Now, I want them to incorporate more of the Seven, like the original Seven. So then the next character I want them to see, to bring in is, uh, I guess, Martian Manhunter. And I'm really wondering how they're going to do that, right? Because Martian Manhunter is a very sort of well, character. Was he part of the original Seven? It's uh, the t- I thought it was Green Lantern and Shazam. Five, right? And then you have Man- Manhunter and then uh, Hawkgirl. So that's it. Uh, well- was Hawkgirl? So yeah, so you have Superman. I guess it varies on which continuity you go with, but I always thought the original seven were Batman, Superman, oh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam, Flash, Flash, yeah. and Green Lantern. Uh, I thought those were the original seven. I thought those were. I it just again, I think it varies by continuity. So in any case, um, yeah, I definitely want to see uh, how they take because uh, we already have most of them there. The one, the one that's really coming to my mind that we don't have yet is Martian Manhunter, and I'm wondering how they're going to bring him in. But on the Aquaman trailer side of things, one of the character designs I really, really thought was really cool was Manta. Like the Manta suit looks really, really cool. So um, I think it was like looks like it was just ripped right out of the pages of the comic, right? Right. It looks exactly like. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, what I'm hoping though um, in the movie is that Manta. Uh, stays alive after their battle like or whatever happens like he he sticks to it and he's like a continuing character like in the background or something then they they bring in Aqualad later on as uh like his son yeah all right as his son right so that would be really interesting so that's cool and the next thing that I was thinking about in terms of like what Ogre was just saying about how we have these characters sort of gripping you and defining like these are these characters again Everyone who hasn't watched this trailer, go watch the trailer. You'll see exactly what Ogre's saying at the end of the trailer. So, yeah, I can't... Mind blown. Yeah, really. I, yeah, I, had, to do, I had to do a double take. I paused it, went back like 10 seconds, watched it again. <laughs> like, whoa, that was awesome. That being said, uh, let's get into TV then. Um, in terms of TV, we have uh, a lot of different news, actually, from a lot of different shows. So we were talking a lot about Titans before, but before we get into that, let's talk about the other shows that are already established. So the first one is a sci-fi show, the Krypton show. Have you, have you guys been watching Krypton season one yet? I still haven't had a chance to. It's not on Netflix yet. Oh, okay. Uh, Renee, have you watched Krypton? Um, I watched the first couple episodes of it. Um, I Like I said, I kind of got behind on all the episodes. Uh, we, we moved into our house about a year ago, and then I kind of just oh, fair enough. put all my shelves on the back burner, and then you know, kind of got behind. Definitely something you want to be catching up on as season two is around the corner. But this one, this note here is for Ogre, because he'll definitely appreciate this. Season two has confirmed the casting an actor for Lobo. So Ha-ha! what do you think about Lobo in a time before Superman? That's uh, interesting because he's always been one of those characters that fought Superman. Like, I don't... Ah, jeez. This is the time of 
just the man's grandfather. So think about that. Yeah, no, I know. And I mean, I know Bobo is basically immortal, so I get it, but... You know, I don't know. That's, it, plays it. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Well, I mean, season one's been out there, and then a lot of people have been talking about it already. So we do know that the big bad for that is Brainiac. So, how do you think Lobo ties in with Brainiac? If you could speculate, Gopher. Yeah, okay. uh, Gopher Brainiac. For he, Lobo, Lobo is a mercenary. So I mean, I could totally see Brainiac hiring him and say, "Hey, do this." Lobo's like, "Sure." Renee, do you have any thoughts on Lobo being added to Krypton? I don't. Sorry. Do you, from from what you no worries. From what you did see of Krypton, did you do you have anything like thoughts on Krypton as a series? Um, like I said, I only watched the first two episodes, and we were kind of watching them with my oldest son. And there was a couple little risque um, uh, epi- uh, scenes uh, in there, so you know I had to stop. And then you know he goes to bed at a certain time, and I'm like, then yeah, no, it's it just hasn't happened yet where I can watch these episodes, but I want to. It's a little bit more mature than the uh, CW shows. <laughs> That's for exactly. Sure. Well, I guess speaking of, see if he can get away with a little bit more. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking, uh, speaking of CW shows, we'll get into that. So the CW shows, uh, the next seasons are just around the corner, and they've already announced their crossover event for this season uh, in December, and they're calling it Elseworld. So according to popular no, internet news. Elseworld refers to stories that take place out of regular DC canon. So this means that uh, they can get away with a lot of different things and uh, things that may not really make sense in a lot of sense. But uh, at the same time... So alternate timelines right. and alternate right. character realities. Right. And, and right. from the same time, uh, apparently Elseworld was also something that was used before in comics too. So they might actually take part- things from that Elseworld. But at the same time... If they don't, they can get away with a lot of other things, right? Okay, well, let's get into it. So we already know that uh, for the next few for the next few seasons, Batwoman has already been confirmed. Ruby Rose for that part, and we they've also confirmed Superman returning uh, in Supergirl as well. They've also confirmed an actress for Lois Lane. So Superman and Lois Lane coming into the Supergirl series. Um, what do you guys think of that? Oh, nice! That would be that would be very exciting because Supergirl is honestly the only. Ep- um, thing that i've been watching right now so that would be awesome yeah i mean it was a it was a matter of time you had jimmy olsen in the series already so i mean it was only a matter of time before lois came into the picture too and clark came into the picture fairly quickly originally so i mean it was only a matter of time i think yeah I'm, and i think it's a, you know I, i'm wondering now that if uh lois lane is there um, because Superman is Superman, he can be anywhere. But if Lois Lane's there, I'm wondering if this season will take will take place more in Metropolis uh, than in National City, right? So that's something to think about. It is a possibility, yeah. So, and it is a possibility that with Batwoman mm-hmm. being present, it may tie more into Gotham as well. That's, so that's what I'm getting to. It'll be interesting. It, this may be them world building, right? Which right. would be fine with me. Now would be perfectly fine with me. That's what I was just going to get into because in the Elseworld part of the crossover, now we got some insight on in that from some of the news sites that I was reading. Uh, apparently, now one of the things to sort of get this start this whole crossover thing to happen is there's this character called John Doctor John Deegan of Arkham Asylum, um, obviously from Gotham, right? 
and uh, he does something with maybe the inmates in Arkham or something like that that draws the attention of the Green Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl, and they all meet up together in Gotham, where this crossover happens, right? And also, for this series, there's also another actress confirmed to play Nora Fries, which is Mr. Freeze's wife. So we don't actually we don't actually have any confirmation on Doc, on uh, Mr. Freeze, but we do have his wife, and we do know that that's a big part of the reason why he becomes Mr. Freeze because of his wife. So I'm wondering now if we're doing this whole tie into Gotham, that's where we're going to get Batwoman coming into the, all of this, and that whole thing is going to get tied together. So maybe as Ogre, you're saying maybe this whole thing takes place in Gotham. That would make this, sense. This, this sounds like it's going to get really interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And maybe Batwoman being a part of the, the show, we would get Batwoman in the game. Yay! Yay! That is a possibility. There's more bad characters. Fingers crossed. Maybe. maybe not, not, not too soon. Not too soon. Batwoman with or without dreidels. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's really? But in any case... Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think this might be probably the better of all the crossovers that they've had before. Um, I did, I definitely did like the one that they did in um, Earth Prime. I think was the one where they had to go up against uh, uh, Randall Sav- Randall Savage. Was it? I can't remember. Vandal Savage. Vandal, yeah, sorry, Vandal Savage. Vandal Savage. And that was the one that introduced Legends of Tomorrow. Right. Right. No, right. no, wait. That was with the Legends, but that wasn't the one that introduced them. I think. I well, I mean, it introduced Hot Girl and Hawkman. Was it? Right? Maybe. No? Maybe. I can't remember. Because Vandal Savage was hunting Hot Girl and Hawkman, I thought. Because he was in love with Hot Girl. Oh, that was the very, very well, first one. I'm thinking of the one that's on Earth Prime that's uh, like basically neo-Nazi regime. Oh, that was like last season... Last season. Six of Arrow or yeah. something. Yeah, like last season. They, they introduced the Ray and the Ray and like the... Um, the free- yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last one. Yeah. They even did a spin-off of the like, uh, universe. Yeah, because they did Freedom Fighter Ray as a cartoon, right? Right. Yeah, well, it wasn't even a cartoon. It was, like, really short. It was, like, um, like 15... Well, it was, like, a movie or something. No, it was, it was just, like, a bunch of, like, small, like, five-minute clips that, like, if you piece it all together, it's, like, a show, <laughs> I guess. They did that with Constantine, oh. too. They did that. Uh, and they have the same guy who... The same voice actor for... The same actor for Constantine is also the voice actor for Constantine in his show, too. So... Well, that's this is okay. Something that I want to say about DC when they cast a voice actor or an actor, if they stick to it like they do with Constantine, like they've done with the Teen Titans, yep. I am all for this. I don't care what show it is, but the same actors playing the same parts always is a good thing. There's an amazing thing to see happen yep. because I used to watch the Teen Titans show when I was a kid. Now my daughter is getting really into superhero girls yep. and it's the same voice actors for Beast Boy, for Cyborg, like same voice actors. I love it. It's amazing. They definitely kept on, um, I can't remember her name, Mich- Melissa Benoit, Benoist is her name, the, the girl who plays Supergirl. They kept her as the actress for Overgirl in the spinoff for Freedom Fighters. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I think I think they uh, I did that did that with the uh, the Vixen cartoon also. They had the actress who played her voice her, and they also had Grant Gustin and um, Stephen Amell. 
do the voices for Arrow and Flash when they showed up. So I thought that was really cool. Cool. Alrighty. Uh, I guess moving on from CW, we get into a lot more. I guess the hot topic is the new shows that are coming on DC Universe, uh, I guess later this month. So we have Titans, which is the big topic. And with Titans, there was a lot of trailers that uh, have popped up recently that uh, go over certain character promos. So we've now seen there's a promo for Jason Todd, Hawk, and Dove. So first of all, Jason Todd, many, most of us already know Jason Todd as being Red Hood. Uh, but in the character promo that you can see on YouTube, it shows him as being the second Robin. And he and it, show, it the trailer starts with that awkward moment when you meet your replacement. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Yeah. So, but uh, they just released one uh, recently for Hawk and Dove. I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to see that. Did you guys? No, I, I didn't. I saw that one yet. No. It was like literally a few hours ago, I think. Maybe like 12 hours ago or something like that. So. <laughs> well, then, yeah, I haven't actually thought to look. So Hawk and Dove, Hawk and Dove as characters, I'm not actually really sure who they are. I actually, you know, I'll admit I've never seen them before. Do you guys know who Hawk and Dove are? I think they're equivalent to Cloak and Dagger from Marvel. Could be. I don't know. They, they just look like birds. That's all. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, honestly. They're both in birds. I have no idea. They're both in bird suits, so I'm thinking there's something along the lines of Birds of Prey, because they even said Birds of Prey on the trailer, so I'm not sure. That is a possibility. I, did they end up doing Birds of Prey with Huntress and Baccarol and that's a, that's a movie thing. Canary. So that's a movie that they're working on down that's the line. Um, I, well, no, I meant just in general, the Birds of Prey. When I think of Birds of Prey, it's it's Batgirl, Huntress, yeah, and that, that's actually, Canary. That's actually a thing, yeah. That's actually a group. Now, I'm wondering if Hawk and Dove are actually part of that, but I'm not actually sure. So I, I'm not sure, and that's what I'm saying. I don't. I, if they're part of that, I'm not really sure. So Right. Now, the reason why I mentioned this is because now, if you look at the Wikipedia page for Titans, you can see a lot of the, uh, the episode titles already. So there's, they're named after some of the characters, so I'm guessing they're introducing characters in those episodes. Like, there's an episode called Starfire, there's an episode called Beast Boy, and so on and so forth, right? But then there's an episode called Hawk and Dove, so they'll be introduced there too. Then there's an episode later on called Donna Troy. So here we are. Now we have Donna Troy in the game, uh, Beast Boy in the game, so Jason Todd's already in the game, and so are the other characters. So I'm guessing it probably won't be very far-fetched to think that maybe Hawk and Dove may also be in the game at a later point too so something to think about as well then huh. the that'd be interesting because that would also give a uh, a new mechanic potentially caring about a specific teammate right so if, since we just got our cares about titan teammate right and dove paired together if that's the case right so yeah exactly that could be really interesting that would be really interesting yeah then there's the fifth episode, according to the wiki page, is entitled Doom Patrol. So as we know, Doom Patrol sort of spun off Titans that uh, will take place in 2019, apparently. That's when the, uh, the I guess, when the episode 5 will release, and then Doom Patrol will air in 2019. But um, we do know that Doom Patrol, as I said in a previous podcast, will be sort of referred to by Cyborg in the Teen Titans, but there's still no confirmation of Cyborg being part of Titans. We do know that He's casted. There's an actor casted for him. We don't know where he's going to show up. There's no episode titled Cyborg either. So in terms of that too, if we're of the idea that maybe Hawk and Dove might be characters in the game too, characters on Doom Patrol might also be in the game as well. So out of the Titans... That would be really cool because I know Joker and I were really speculating on that last time. Yeah. Now We I'm, had him on, so... 
Joker. <laughs> I was looking at stuff from the um, the DC YouTube page when they were going over the New York Comic Con, and they were going over the act the voice actors for Doom Patrol as well. Brendan Fraser was there, and man. Bridget Fisher got fat. I really like uh, Brett, Brendan Fraser, and I, I can't wait for him to be the voice of Robot Man. But he was a great actor back in the day, but you can really see what the years have done to him. So, I mean, I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I was going to do the, the Tarzan thing, but never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but in terms of uh, Titans, the show, what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, I saw a preview that it's supposed to be on Netflix also. As long as that holds true, I'll actually watch it. I haven't seen any of the previews, yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go check it out. It's okay. You look pretty good. Uh, but as, as far as like the show itself, as long as kind of has that half gritty, half you know upbeat, positive laughter stuff that it looks like the Aquaman and Shazam movies are going with, as long as it sticks to that formula, I think it'll be okay. Because I know the initial reactions to the trailers were just really mixed and just kind of like, whoa, what are they doing? So I, I'm, I'm still holding judgment to actually watch the series because I'm a huge fan of the Titans. Uh, I really want it to be good. And I just, I, it looks good mostly. It's just there's certain things that are hard to get past. And I'm hoping once I start watching it, I'll be able to get past those things. Yeah, I, I know that I know what you're talking about because we've been talking about that throughout this week. Uh, in terms of like, I guess character design is what you you're not really liking right now. Yeah, Starfire. Just I'm sorry, but a lady of the evening should not be on the Titans. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, here's the thing. Like I, I was watching the like I said the DC's coverage of the um, the New York Comic Con stuff, and you they actually go through a panel of the uh, the Titans actors. Right, so the actors are there, and they they sort of interview them a little bit. The actress that plays Star Starfire, she is not what I thought the actress of Starfire would be like. So it gives me hope that maybe I'm wondering if Starfire will be more like the actress herself, or if it's going to be something really different off the wall, right? Because they are actresses, actors and actresses, right? So they play a part. So we don't know, but. Uh, that, That's fair, yeah. That being said, the interesting thing about the cast that I've noticed is that a lot of the cast seems to be Australian because they have that a very thick accent, but they're actors and actresses, so I'm assuming that accent is not there when they're playing their part. And the other thing I've noticed when I was looking at the Titans wiki is that the film is so the show is completely filmed in Toronto, my hometown. So I'm I'm going to be watching the whole show. Like, oh, I know that place. I know that place. I know that place. <laughs> so, <laughs> hard to pay attention to this show. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, but anyways, I mean, looks good. I hope I'm I'm hoping that it's gonna do the show or do the series justice. Um, no, no pun intended. But <laughs> yeah, uh, young justice also. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if they're actually bringing some of the actual Justice League members into the show. Like they brought Superman into Supergirl, right? So I'm wondering if they'll do any cameos. I'm hoping that it more is you're going to see references to the big names constantly, but they're never actually going to be in the show. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's all the sidekicks and everything else and not any of the big names actually showing up. Right. Because that would get really, I think, muddied really quickly. Yeah. It's like Dick Grayson and Jason Todd already talk about Batman and the Batmobile, right? So. Well, I mean, they were in, they showed part of the Batcave, right? Oh, yeah, they did, yeah. And it looked, it looked like Jason and Dick were in 
an elevator in Wayne Manor, for that matter. Like, if they do that kind of stuff, I'm cool with it. But don't show me Batman. Like, reference him, have him on a telephone, sitting, facing away, just kind of give a wave or something, but don't have him actually interact with anybody. That would be cool. Looks like Doom showed up. Uh, Doom! Hello. You, you feel- How are you feeling? I feel gross, but that's okay. All right. Aww. You you came, you came in for the part of the show where we're ending, <laughs> we're ending the TV talk. <laughs> oh, well, cool. I'm here just in time to say goodbye. All right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so I guess we'll wrap things up there. And then uh, before we go, as we do, uh, we'll just say I'll give a shout out to our current patrons. So at the $5 tier, we have Jason B. At the Hero $10 tier, we have Hate Mail hanging out. And to our other patrons, William I, Backfire, COH, and Ventus One, you guys are awesome. So uh, with that, we'll wrap things up there. Um, Ogre, any final words? I got nothing at this time except thanks for listening and uh, let us know if you have anything you want us to talk about in the future. Doom, thanks for showing up. You want to say <laughs> any final words? <laughs> yeah, sorry I uh, couldn't feed you guys those juicy details, but I am planning to release both a Wonder Girl and a Beast Boy Insight and Discussion this month, so look forward to that. Otherwise, again, thanks for listening. And Renee, any final words? I uh, just want to thank you guys for having me on and that I enjoyed myself. Lots of laughs. Um, and I was going to say, hope you feel better, Doom, but you're here. So hope you feel better. Thank you. Awesome. All right. And with that, um, we'll wrap things up there. Again, for, for you guys who haven't already, uh, you can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud at The Oddsman and uh, at Patreon.com slash The Oddsman and our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash The Oddsman. And with that, have a good night. Toodles. And for this week's Winter Circle, we have Kitty Little for World's Finest in PvP, for Nightwing Shards, and UJLA for number one spot in the Alliance this week. Be sure to tune in to We Are Legends next week for our exclusive interview with Kitty Little. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Oddsman Broadcast. Be sure to check out the next episode of We Are Legends coming up next week.